Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. Have you ever seen a horse who could talk? With your host, Louisa Barton, who really wants to be a famous rider. She really loves to ride fast. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Who says I have horses with people problems? Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton. Enjoy the show. Join us July 22nd from 10 to 3 p.m. for the Equine Extravaganza at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion Ocala. Brought to you by West Florida Fence and the Horse Talk Show. Fundraising for Spirit Equine Therapy and Open Hands Animal Rescue. Enjoy a fantastic breed show from miniature horses to Clydesdales. With jumping and dressage demos, you can also watch barrel racing, dog training, mounted shooting, and enjoy food vendors and crafts for kids, plus a silent auction. Check the Equine Extravaganza fundraiser event on Facebook, and we'll see you on July 22nd from 10 to 3 p.m. at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion for the best in horsing around in the horse capital. Larson Farms is our TV broadcast sponsor. Mr. Richard Larson, a man of great integrity, cares about every single bale of hay and about taking care of his customers. He also has a huge heart for those genuinely in need. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. talk show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Thank you for joining us on the horse talk show this week presented by Peterson Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our television broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. We are in the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. I'm Louisa Barton and we have dancing Pete Roder, my co-host from Complimentary Horsemanship here. Woohoo! We've got an awesome lineup. Yeah, we've got a guests. great lineup. We have our star, Dr. Kayot, who will be on with us uh, for a segment from Peterson Smith Equine Hospital. And we have a great horseman joining us in the studio. Another great horseman. We have a great horseman every week. We have another great horseman who's going to be here with us in the studio, which is fantastic to have Nathan Greiner here with us. I had a chance to meet him at Aaron Vale's farm in Williston and was so impressed watching him and what he was doing with the horses that we just had to invite him in to talk about it. And then we have my favorite male Brit. Male Brit. <laughs> other than my Look, I'm looking out I'm dad. looking out for Georgia on this one. <laughs> yes. And we have Neil Hennessy from Ocala Dog Ranch who is going to tell us a little bit about the pool. I've watched the pool. I'm fascinated by the pool. Are you going to dive in? We should do a segment where you dive into the pool. Hey, seriously, they should throw (laughs) something in, and I'll do it. I'll do it. What can we throw in for Louisa to go diving after? English chocolate will work. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Really, for serious. We should do it. We should do it for a charity or something. That would be cool. How many feet you get? You donate so many dollars for it. And it goes for who could we give it to? Gentle Carousel. <laughs> Speaking of Gentle Carousel, by the way, they were in Manhattan this past weekend. New with, York City. Yes, <laughs> with Magic, 
who has a documentary, The Miniature Horse. She is in the USEF Hall of Fame. She is the only living top 10 most heroic animal in the history of the world. And she lives right here and she visits schools and she Ooh, visits rehab police hospitals. Officers. Yes, this is such a great story. So don't rush off with this picture yet because this is such a great story. So that's magic with George and she's wearing her fancy garb she's also an OPD officer an Ocala police officer um, but she, that's her hero horse documentary that made it to the Manhattan Film Festival and the mayor of Ocala told me last Thursday that he was calling the New York Police Department to ask the New York Police Department on horseback to escort magic to the red carpet wow. and he made it happen because he always makes that stuff happen and I was so excited to see her get the escort because she is an official OPD officer. So these horses are New York officers mounted. So they gave Magic the escort. And I just thought that was the neatest thing. And yesterday, uh, not yesterday, Sunday, the mayor of Ocala was at, was texting me. I'll tell you that in a minute after we've enjoyed this because you'll, you'll get a you'll laugh at what he said. <laughs> this is the sweetest thing you've ever seen. Look at this miniature horse with these two huge horses. <laughs> Look at this. It's so fantastic. And all of these photos and video are courtesy of Debbie Garcia, George's wife, who is also uh, with Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses, who Magic is with. And just the coolest thing, I mean, isn't that they're, they're talking about their officer training and all that kind I of know, good stuff. right? Look, he's checking out the uh, he's checking out the, the horse box there. That's pretty neat, isn't it? That's great. I know. How wonderful. What a great experience for them for their documentary to make it there. Is that's a really, really big deal. And, uh, and that was a great documentary when we yes. got to watch it down here. Yes. downtown Ocala yes it really was it was wonderful with the magic in the limousine and all that uh, just amazing anyway hats off to them well done and I wish I could have been there but I did have a bit of an important day that day so I was very tempted to fly up there with them but it was my dad's birthday okay well that, that's understandable yeah not my dad's birthday it was father's day it's my oh, dad's father. birthday today i got my dates around the wrong way happy birthday dad that's <laughs> my dad so hip, there's hip, my favorite hooray. male brit so neil has to be my second favorite <laughs> oh, no, neil's, neil's got taken down i know right look at him with his cowboy hat on he always has it on so happy birthday dad um i'm excited to see you tomorrow and uh bring you some prezzies so good oh, stuff very good. yes and uh on a a bit of a sad note um when we were doing the hurricane delivery and distribution last year after ian and we were taking hay and feed we made a wonderful new friend at White Horse Ranch in North Fort Myers who was a key part of our distribution efforts with all the hurricane rescue. Right. Um, and we made great friends with Manny and Manny Hermini and one of the sweetest people I've ever met and one of the kindest men I've ever met. And he did everything he could to help us help other people. And their four-leggeds, he had dog food there and horse food and shavings and, and very yeah, sadly... Yeah, they distributed outward. Yes, from after, there we were able yeah. to deliver it directly to him and then he was able right. to do Which the distribution. Made it yes. And very sadly, last week, um, he passed away in his sleep. 
and um, I was devastated and oh, actually wow. I was in the middle of a CEP meeting and bust out crying so uh, I just want to say that our deepest condolences and, and prayers and thoughts are with everybody connected when you see his Facebook page there's hundreds of people posting how he changed their life with horses how he turned their life around how he picked them up out of the depths of depression and gave them something wonderful to live for so he has left a light burning that uh, he has just inspired so many people to love horses and want to be around horses and so just like somebody we know yeah you no you <laughs> <laughs> so we we are we're very sad uh to, to lose manny what a great guy uh wonderful man so very heartbreaking. I don't know if I have time for the mayor of Ocala comment, do I? I might be almost out of time. Go I for can't it. see from here. I've got. <laughs> you got a couple minutes. Okay, Go for it. I'm going to tell it's your you. Show. So the, the mayor of Ocala uh, texts me on Sunday to say that a gentleman who was born and grew up in Orlando is going to be the new Lord Mayor of London, and it made me laugh. I know that was what my face did too, but it made and he, it's very familiar with Ocala. And when we leave Ireland next week, the mayor is going on to London, our mayor, to meet with the incoming mayor Lord of London mayor. in November. And he texts me on Sunday and he goes, "If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know what the Lord Mayor meant, because in England you call people the Lord Mayor. I think they do that in Ireland as well." And it was my dad actually that met Mayor Gwynne and said to him nice to meet you Lord Mayor and Mayor Gwyn's wife went I'm not calling him that <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought that was a neat story but thank you to Mayor Gwyn for giving the, the funds to Gentle Carousel so that they could make it to Manhattan that with was Magic. really generous of yes him. and thank you so much for making sure that Magic got the escort that she certainly deserves we love Gentle Definitely. Carousel and next week is their final <laughs> reading literacy and horses here downtown at the market this so, thursday or um the one that is coming yes it's the it's the last one of june <laughs> the last one of june <laughs> that's good because i showed up last thursday and i'm like where are they they're in new york and i'm like oh i missed it i think we gotta wrap it up no. dr chaot is coming up next and he's going to be talking about sunburn and lightning imagine that those are two things that we definitely have to be concerned about at this time of year with our horses. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. This portion of the show is presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And our TV broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Supporting sponsors are DAC Vitamins and Minerals. Seminole Feed Stores, Lip Chip LLC, Piranha, Florida HVAC Services, Crystal Cryo, Ocala Dog Ranch, and The Drinking Post. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Horsemen, are you tired of technology that doesn't fit your way of life? Lip Chip 
built by horsemen for horsemen is ready to revolutionize your world. The answer is in the Hooflink system. Simply implant, scan, and unlock your horse's health information. From driving to Grand Prix jumping, all horses, all breeds, and all disciplines. The future is in the integrity and transparency of all horse sports and in the safety of our horses. The future is here and the future is Lipchip. Experience the bluegrass. Step into the Elwood Hotel and Suites, situated in the heart of Lexington. Elwood is a unique yet familiar place, your home base to explore. Minutes from the University of Kentucky and the best distilleries on the Bourbon Trail. Only a short drive from horse country and from the iconic Keeneland racetrack. Full of warm, natural light, Elwood rooms are inviting, a space to retreat, rewind and relax from spacious rooms to extended stay suites each room is unique just like you don't miss a beat in your fitness routine either and your fairy friend is welcome too elwood has cozy beds yummy treats and snuggles too elwood is more than a landing place it's a tribute to a contemporary southern lifestyle a delicious place to refuel and to launch your Lexington adventure. Book your stay at theelwoodhotel.com and like them on Facebook now. Settle in at Elwood and begin generating memories in the heart of the bluegrass. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. <laughs> welcome back yes we're on the second segment of the horse talk show having a laugh if you were here in the breaks with us you'd really enjoy yourself sometimes the show's better on the breaks <laughs> thank you for joining us on the second segment of the horse talk show presented by peterson smith equine hospital and complete care thank you to larson farms our television broadcast sponsor idaho's finest alfalfa and before we start i just have to say Welcome home, Betsy. Yay, Betsy's back. Betsy is everybody's amazing, Ocala's incredible. Finest. Oh, she is, and she's actually been away um, looking after a friend of hers who was going through some some things with her family and dealing with some sadness and and whatnot. And Betsy's actually been gone for a couple of weeks, and she flew back in yesterday. And we are so glad that she's home. And she is the queen of Larson Hay. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> And she makes everything happen there at Larson Hay, and we appreciate her greatly. And we're glad that you're home, Betsy, and uh, it's good to have you back. I can't wait to see you. 
So. And we're glad that Nathan's here. Yes, we are. Nathan <laughs> Ryan is with us. We have a couple segments coming up with him. We're going to talk about horses. But first of all, Dr. Adam Kayot. Louisa Barton here for the Horse Talk Show and Aquas Television. We're at the Florida Horse Park. We just visited with uh, my donkeys and miniature horse here for some treatment and vaccines with Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson Smith Equine Hospital in Complete Care. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the summer stuff that we don't look forward to, Dr. Kayot. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to cover specifically that I've sort of seen people talking about lately uh, is lightning and sunburn. Two things that we are subjected to here in the sunshine state mm -hmm. and also the lightning state at times. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so let, we'll, we'll delve into um, lightning first. Um, so lightning is a big deal. Uh, here in Central Florida, we're the lightning capital of the world, they say as well as the horse capital of the world, but lightning capital of the world. So we have more lightning strikes um, than anywhere else, I guess, the expert tell us. Um, so lightning uh, obviously can be devastating. Um, every year uh, I have um, at least one patient of mine that gets struck by lightning. Um, so in my opinion, now I've, I've actually had this happen the safest place for their horse is in the barn when lightning's coming. Last year, I had two horses struck by lightning that were in the barn. And I had, oh, probably, I don't know, probably seven years ago, I had one that was struck by lightning in the barn. Um, so the, the one that was several years ago that was struck by lightning that was actually in the barn there was a metal like um, trailer divider and that was sitting on the edge of the barn. And um, so the lightning hit the trailer divider and jumped and hit the horse. So it can happen, but, um, and then the other one, there was nobody home. There was nothing, um, you know, standing out. It was a metal pole barn with some stalls and stuff. I mean, it was a nice, your typical barn and um two horses got struck in that barn wow. and so lightning is a, a serious deal um one of those horses died the other one has lived but has some um ongoing neurologic issues but he's making it and he's fine and um so the moral of the story is horses that are inside i think are safer but they it can still happen you know it can still happen um uh obviously the ones i've had i've had crazy stories you know i've had you know the the saddest one is i had i was probably oh, going on 20 years ago or something like that um, oh you're not old enough <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um i had a, a mare that was struck the foal was struck but the foal lived the mare died Oh my gosh, was that Carol Rios? No. Oh, that happened no, to Carol Rios. No. Um, so that's 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 kind of and but that's then sad, yeah, yeah but then I mean the ba the bad part is it that was a total whole sad story but the the foal then ended up ended up um, probably was nursing and when the mare got struck something happened because in in the hor in the foal's nose because over time I think the the nares got singed or burnt from the from the lightning. 
And then about two months later, the foal developed a big calcification and scar tissue and basically couldn't breathe. Oh my so goodness. So we ended up having to put that, oh, put, put him to sleep. So that's so sad. It, it's a bad deal and it's a serious problem. It's, um, you know, when I, because I've seen it, I've seen horses get struck by lightning and <laughs> I do not, I, when lightning comes around here, I, I get in, uh, you know, I don't try to, if I'm doing an exam on a horse or whatever, we get in out of it. Um, yeah. So my advice to you is if you have a place to put your horse in, um, during a lightning during storm. a lightning storm, put them in. They're they're the safest. But do there. it before it comes, not during. Yeah, try to do it before <laughs> yeah. it comes. We don't recommend running yeah, out no, into I mean, the it, lightning it's, storm. It's, it's right. a serious deal. And, yeah, it um, is scary. Um, you know, there's a there's a, several years ago there was a um, um, a farm up north that had a bunch of horses that got under the tree, and the lightning struck the tree and radiated out, and all the horses ended up dying they're oh, just God. laid dead around the tree because they were getting because under the they tree all yep. were getting under, under it to get yep. away to get which is for natural rank. for them mm -hmm. so. yep so wow so it is survivable in some cases yes, it can be just but there's usually on. after effects yeah, yeah. there's usually problems. some after effects they're going to have some neurologic problems typically they might be a little wobbly they might have some facial paralysis some ear that doesn't work or something like that um but it's not 100% fatal, but it's probably about 80% fatal. So. so not a good, not a good chance not of survival, a, and not, not a good, good, usually not a good prognosis no, for no, them. No. Let's talk about sunburn while we're on the topic of extreme weather. We're coming right. into the much warmer time of the year. Uh, horses get sunburn, especially if they're light-colored horses. Mm -hmm. So they're really better off inside. And if you don't have an option for inside during the hot part of the day, then you need a lot of sunblock. And that mm -hmm. certainly can be a, a thing to be aware of, especially for newer owners that aren't familiar with this area right. or maybe new horse owners. Right, so so it, it is a deal, especially for your uh, pink-skinned horses. So the paints are, are notorious for this. So wherever they have pink skin, they, they will sunburn. The darker-skinned horses they can still sunburn, but they don't have the effects that the paints do, um, <clears throat> or the or the pink-skinned horses. Typically, what you'll what you'll get, or what an owner will call me about, is they my horse has this crusty stuff on its nose, and that's typically where you'll see it is on their muzzle. And basically, it's just like you or I. It it, it they get sunburn and it blisters and then it scabs. So then you, you're seeing this scab. That's what that's what they're. Um, um, calling me about and wondering what that is so that's very typical so if you see that on your horse that's most likely what most it likely is the danger of that is just like us is that obviously too much of that can can lead to cancerous lesions you know so um, it can end up with melanomas just melanomas like that. squamous cell carcinoma most commonly and they'll they'll get it on those pink areas they'll, they're notorious for getting it around their eyes like the pink skin around their eyelids or the third eyelid uh, any of those areas so certainly if you're going to be out and you have a light skin or pink skin horse the best thing to do is um, either put them out at night um, or if they're out during the day put put sunblock on their nose and reapply frequently yes and hopefully have some shade in your pasture if you mm -hmm. don't have trees some form of shelter mm -hmm. they can get under to get away from it they won't always do that but you know you can try. I know, right? <laughs> well, if you put hay under there, it really yeah, helps. <laughs> a nice big block of lots and hay yeah, will right. really help if put you're trying to get them under right, there. Right. Not if you have really green grass, though. This. You're right. You're, they're going to be out. Yeah, they're going to be out. <laughs> True fact. <laughs> Dr. Adam K. Out with Peterson Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. We're talking about some 
hazards to look out for in the summertime, especially if you're either a new horse owner or you're new uh, to Florida. And we certainly have a lot of those. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> More every day. Great. This portion of the show is presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And our TV broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Supporting sponsors are DAC Vitamins and Minerals. Seminole Feed Stores, Lip Chip LLC, Piranha, Florida HVAC Services, Crystal Cryo, Ocala Dog Ranch, and The Drinking Post. At Crystal Cryo, you can relax and enjoy a non-invasive cryo skin facial. Reduce fine lines and wrinkles and tighten the skin. Improve texture and tone. Stimulate collagen production. Reduce inflammation and acne. And increase blood flow to the skin, resulting in a more youthful, radiant appearance. And it all takes only about 30 minutes. Boost your confidence now and set up a consultation. Find Crystal Cryo at crystalcryo.net or on social media. Experience the ultimate in relaxation and rejuvenation. Pamper and revitalize your body, mind, and spirit at Crystal Cryo. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care seeks to be a leading international veterinary practice that provides state-of-the-art veterinary care to their patients while fostering professional relationships with their clients that stand the test of time. For 24-7 and the best in equine care, check out Peterson and Smith at petersonsmith.com or like them on Facebook now for more information. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson Smith Equine Hospital in complete care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our television broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton here in the CEP's Equine Studios with dancing Pete Roder from Complimentary Horsemanship. And our special guest this week in the studio with us is Nathan Greiner. Woohoo! Thank you for Glad being with us. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So I mentioned earlier I actually met Nathan. Well, you knew Nathan. I knew Nathan probably about six or seven years yep. ago. We met at a farm that I used to stay at, and mm-hmm. he was starting some horses, and then he was hanging out with a friend of mine, Fawn Anderson. Yeah. That's how you met. That's how we met. And I met him at Aaron Vales in Williston, a U.S. top show jumper, and got to kind of see him working with some horses and said, you know, you'd be a really neat guest to have on the show. So here he is. And then she called me and says, do you know Nathan? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I figured you, you probably did. You think he'd be a good? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be a, really he'd be good a great one. guest. 
Tell us, um, Nathan, a little bit of your background, how you got started in horses. Were you one of those kind of born in the saddle, or were you a a later bloomer? No, I was definitely a later bloomer, in that uh, growing up, I wanted to be around horses, didn't have the chance to, so it wasn't until I was 23, so I didn't have any exposure up till then. So I hit 23 and was able to get some opportunities with some people, and at the time, I had been working in the grocery business, and that was how I was feeding myself. And it was great, <laughs> but the horse thing really interested me. Yeah. So I just kind of went after it. You know, you kind of hear from a lot of people. It just becomes a passion, of course. And, it does. Uh, it's it a little, did. A little bit addictive. A little bit. A lot. Yes. And so, don't make that full. He's 23 when he started, but he has got the experience where a lot of people go, oh, well, you haven't done it very long. Right. Or he didn't grow up doing it. Yeah. Well, so I was very fortunate that way. It would have been in 2008 that I ran into Buck. And I rode with him at a clinic, and then I thought, this is the guy I need to work for. And uh, that opportunity then came in 2012 to go work for him. So, Buck Brandeman. Yeah, Buck Brandeman. The. Yeah. Yeah. The Buck The. Yeah. There should be a the. The. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, as I was driving here, I was just kind of thinking, you know, in life, there's times where you're really, you're really wanting something big, right? Well, then that something comes your way, and then you've got to make that decision, right? Do I quit a life that I know? Because I grew up in the grocery business, and that's all my dad's ever known. My brother's in it. My uncle's in it. So it's very much a family thing. And uh, I just said, I can't turn down this opportunity. I mean, opportunity of a lifetime, frankly. Yeah. So I said yes to that in 2012 and traveled with him for five years. And that's where I just got a ton of exposure and got to see a lot of people and horse combinations and uh, see a lot of beautiful country. And yeah. That brought me down here as well. I started coming down to Florida in 2014 in the winters. So uh, when I left Buck in 2017, I went out to California for five years, rode privately for a gentleman out there, and then uh, was having the itch to get back down here, just knowing what's going on and knowing that Aaron being down here and helping him out for the winters of like 14, 15, and 16. And he said, I'd love to have you back for a little bit. So... And that would be the Aaron Vale. Yeah, the, that would yeah. be the Aaron Vale. The yeah. Aaron Vale. And, you know, when I came down uh, in 2014, I did not know Aaron personally at the time. Right. And uh, through working for Buck, he had always been mentioning Aaron's name and just said if there was one guy that I would let start a colt in a flat saddle, a jumping saddle, it'd be Aaron Vale because he can ride. Mm-hmm. And so then when I was down here, I happened to reach out to him and very thankful I did because we've just struck up a great friendship. And just being able to just help each other out has been, been pretty amazing. Yeah, and he loves what you do. He he told us that he said, you know, Nathan and I've got a really good partnership because he really he, he really knows how to give them that foundation that they need, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can get straight to business. Right. You know, I haven't got to worry about all that startup. I can get right to what I need to do to compete, you know, and to get the horses trained for my sport and Mm-hmm. And he was very, um, he had a lot of really great things to say about what you did with his horses. So. Yeah, and we're just, I mean, we're all trying to save each other time, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that, you know, just like you had said, he has so many horses he has to climb on in a day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those horses get imported, and a lot of them are nice horses. But there were some details that were lacking on the foundation side mm-hmm. that uh, in order for him to kind of take them to the next level, yeah. be able to help them out. So And everybody, and we were talking about this a little bit, before the show or on one of the breaks but you know everybody has a different idea I think of what is important for their horses to be good at and to know and there are some people who are 
straight to business and don't worry about as much about the about the foundation and about this and then there's those that do and the difference that you see in the ring with that is if everything goes smoothly and if the course is what you think it's going to be (laughs) you're probably fine with straight to business Mm -hmm. courses but if something goes slightly sideways yep. or something's a little bit more technical than you thought it might be mm-hmm. and you don't have that good foundation, you're not going to win. Right. You're not going to and you're not going to excel because the horse doesn't know how to handle something different mm-hmm. if it doesn't have a good a good start. And so and I think that that makes a difference. Yes. Without the foundation and just the latitude that you would have with them that mm-hmm. like you said if things go just a little bit wrong there's no consistency Mm-mm. and maybe the horse goes great one out of ten times he could maybe be going good six out of ten times mm-hmm. and but when you're lacking those things and you don't know it you're doing the best you can mm-hmm. but then when you know that you can do better and that the horses feel better ultimately i mean we all want to enjoy our horses mm-hmm. right and they're I expensive anyways so it. we might as well enjoy them, but that takes some additional education. And Aaron probably gets very talented horses that were probably pushed yes. to get to a place. Yes. And you're going, oh, you missed kindergarten. Let's go yeah. backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. not going. It's like jumping straight to first grade and bypassing the right. the the kindergarten stage. And if you don't have that down, I think it it makes a huge difference. And watching you riding the horses that you were riding there, and then watching. Aaron doing what he was doing with the horses the way he didn't just jump he didn't just warm up school mm-hmm. a little bit and then jump them yeah. he warmed them up schooled a little bit jumped them kept changing direction kept taking them into a corner and making them stop and face out and then backing them up and then taking them over the cavaletti in both directions and mm-hmm. making them think and making them focus on him not think right. oh this is the same thing we always do let's just go over these jumps and i can go back to the barn it was much more like i'm going to get you to focus on me and mm-hmm. i might ask you to do something different in a minute you right. think i'm turning to go to the next jump yeah. but i'm going to tell you no we're going to go and stand in the corner for a minute mm-hmm. and through all I this like ultimately that. it's like we want a horse that's adjustable yes rideable and adjustable yes. and it doesn't matter the breed or the discipline you know and especially in the jumping thing you got to be on the mark it's kind of a life and death thing right Mm -hmm. we're supposed to go over the jump not through it (laughs) (laughs) or go over it alone right right i did that back in the day a couple of times with some naughty ponies so (laughs) i've heard your stories a couple stories about you riding with buck Mm -hmm. told me about a six hour trip that there was no words spoken which i would have gone nuts (laughs) right right tell us a story about Riding with uh, Buck the, or being the Buck. The Buck Brandeman. The Buck. Right. Well, I mean, one, you know, he's been doing it for so long, right, that, I mean, he just kind of knows about how things are supposed to go heading down the road. And kind of one of those stories, the one that you kind of mentioned, um, he picked me up in Livingston, Montana at a truck stop. I was working up there that winter, and he shows up with the bus. He rolls right up, and I have my duffel bag, and I step on. It feels like it's out of the movies at this point. <laughs> Sounds like it. You know, it? the horse whisper, <laughs> right? Part two. You know, and I mean, I just step on, and it's like, all right. And we were headed out to Spanaway, Washington, and it was, it was second to the last clinic of the year. And you know, for me, I mean, I'm just thinking a dream's coming true here. You know, and it's just. It's like, well, what do you say? Well, not too much. You know, it's just kind of quiet time. We're heading down the road, you know, and all the while I'm just thinking what, you know, the opportunity that I'm getting to do. And like he said, look, he goes, you're going to get to see a lot of miles. You're going to get to see a lot of horses and you're going to meet a lot of great people, you know, and it's just taking care of yourself 
so that you can be successful and all that, you know. And a lot of those stories, um, there would be clinics we'd wrap up at kind of 4, 35 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, and then we'd be driving through the night to get maybe a 12-hour drive, and you roll in there in the morning, and you got horses to take care of, we're tired, you know, and you just had a full weekend, and when I started with them, his clinics were four days. So you just think you're going from essentially 6 a.m. until 5, 6 o'clock at night doing that four days in a row. And to get to take care of the people and the horses and, you know, him first and foremost, right? Hold that thought for one second. second. That Winnie meant we have to go to break, but we're going to get Nathan back with us for another segment. He's going to finish his sentence that I had to stop him in the middle of. (laughs) Stay with us. We're coming up with the second half of the show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. Have you ever heard of a horse that could talk? Listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. She's literally in love with every horse. Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. She's back in the saddle again. And now here's your host, Pretty Pretty, Louisa Barton. She's a Brit. She's got the gift of the gab, and her guests are fab. Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our television broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton here in the CEPZ Quine Studios in downtown Ocala with dancing Pete Roder, and we've been chatting to Nathan Griner. Nathan, we're going to let you finish your story. <laughs> yes. So primarily it's getting to do all that traveling and you're showing up at places, you know, at three, four or five in the morning, horses to unload, responsibilities to handle. And all the while you're getting prepped up for the next clinic, right? But it's it's just getting to do that repeatedly. But obviously I was there for the horses. You know, there was the business side to take mm-hmm. care of. But getting to see, you know, essentially 60 horses every weekend and typically there would be maybe two or three horses that I would get to see Buck work that weekend. And obviously that's where I'm going to learn the most, but you got to see a lot of other people working on their horses maybe before he took a hold of them. But people being unsure, it's like, is my horse going to make it through to the other side? And getting to watch a master, you know, at his craft Mm -hmm. and getting to see that time in and time again, you know, it just helps to kind of imprint upon you that you have to pay your dues Mm -hmm. and you have to do, you have to approach the horse with the right steps in the right order. Yes, and that's if, right. you know, if, if you can do that, the horse is pretty apt to change. Not that he might not revert back, but just getting to see Buck do that time in and time again. And it didn't matter if we were in Washington State or, you know, we were out in Maine. I got to see it all over the country. And it's like, it doesn't matter where you are, the East or West Coast. The problems are the same. So. And speaking of that, um, because we want to show our TV watchers a little bit of uh, of action at Aaron Vale's uh, with you you working with his horses, um, question for you is: uh, these horses that come in at Aaron's, I mm-hmm. know, are not are not necessarily horses that you have to start. They're they're usually started, and you're just working mm-hmm. with some of the foundation things. Yep. But talk a little bit about the difference while we're airing some of this mm-hmm. of the old kind of school term of breaking a horse uh, sure. as opposed to starting a horse and the difference and what the difference means because there's a huge difference yeah yes there's a big difference because we'll say kind of the old school method of you know you're breaking the will breaking the spirit i mean you're just going after that horse in a way that he's wondering what is going on here mm-hmm. and he's just trying to fend for his life you know 
he's gonna he's the prey and yeah. you're the predator at yeah. that point right yeah <laughs> and, and he's gonna fight or he's gonna flight and that in regards to starting a horse it's a confidence game you're trying to give him confidence that he can believe in you and horses can do some amazing things quite quickly when they're like i don't have to fend for my life i might not understand the information you're presenting but presenting it to the horse in a way that he's like all right and he can build on that and you can build on his pride you can make him a winner and if you can do that he can do things that are unimaginable when he's bringing what you know the horse's nature to the game and that's what we're chasing and trying to do it in a way because a lot of these horses that show up there um like you said they're not being started but there are gaps in their education right and that being able to get them laterally soft and supple that's able to help Aaron get things done if if the horse gets a little fast or if the horse isn't as adjustable as he would like it to be and some people might see this and just think you know and this is how it comes out it's like why are you letting a cowboy you know and it's like we're all trying to be horsemen here mm-hmm. right and we're trying to we're trying to be better for the horses you know mm-hmm. they don't really have a choice whether they're going to be out there or not that we can try to make it enjoyable for them so i just think in terms of starting a horse you're you're trying to build his confidence and you're trying to make him a winner and you know with what we were granted from all of our teachers you know these last 40 50 years how could you do it the old school way knowing what we know now right you know the horses are incredible i want to make a big comment for people that use a flag Mm-hmm. Watching you use a flag is like watching Buck use a flag. I see so many people pull a flag out and go, I use a flag, and they're throwing so much energy at the horse, yep. he can't handle it. And then you see Buck take the flag, and it's just like... It's an extension of your yeah. arm. Yes, yes. But so, so many people get that flag going so fast. Mm-hmm. And just That was just poetry in my book. Yeah, and the flag can do so many things for them in terms of... And you can use it to pet them. You can use it to kind of help support them, drive them a little bit if you need to, and they can separate all that out to where they're genuinely not concerned about the flag. And if they're good about that, right, what are all the other things that they'd be good about if they're good about the flag? So like you said, Pete, it's depending on how you use it because some people use it in a way that it's snappy and whippy. And Yes, I, I have a Mustang, and I was at the adoption place mm-hmm. where, I, where I adopted and I saw flags in action <laughs> in another right. way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it does not sit well with horses when flags and or whips are mm-hmm. used that way, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's quite unfortunate, but uh, I'm going to get a flag around all the ones I'm around because I know how much it improves them. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a learning curve. Yeah. Right. That's the hard part for a lot of us when we get to a certain level is we forget that we were a beginner. We didn't do the flag at the beginning like right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we have to give that person those steps mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. to, be, to do it right, yeah. And I just, I present it to people through the groundwork and the flag. It's like, it's just learning a new language. Learning a new language is hard, but it's valuable. It's worth it. But you're going to have to pay your dues to kind of figure out how to use those tools. But your horse will appreciate it. I loved your comment earlier you made about, oh, you're letting a cowboy doing that? And I love, I love that you mentioned that because one of the things that I, I love about this area and one of the things I promote is 
that it doesn't matter what breed or discipline you are it doesn't matter you know whether you're whether you have a pasifino or you have a, a show jumper or you have a you have a you do cross country you do eventing mm-hmm. you do dressage it doesn't matter a horse is a horse is a horse and if you do if you make the foundation right yeah. and you do all those steps right and if they if they didn't get done right if you come back and or maybe they didn't do part mm-hmm. of the course you know the kindergarten um, the you can come back with that even though you're a cowboy you can come sure. back and get on a show jumper's horse and so the show jumper can focus on show jumping mm-hmm. and doing what he needs to do you can you can come in there and and, and i know that wasn't and, a quarter horse you were riding. Right. <laughs> no, no, no it sure no. looked like one while you're riding. it sure doesn't move like a quarter horse you know but and and no matter how we dress or what discipline we're in the horse cares how you make them feel that's right that's it that's the relationship yeah that's mm-hmm. that's that's the relationship and, and you look know, how happy and content this horse is just listening to you. You can tell he's listening to you, and you can tell he's content. Yeah, you know, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing that um, that that Aaron and his wife and that. And that was a great video. You <laughs> yeah, were doing the same thing yeah. Aaron was doing. Yeah. You were doing it at the walk. He was doing it at the yeah. trot. He was doing it collected. You weren't collected. Right. So same thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. And the horse was just relaxed, enjoying being a horse. Well, in spending, you know, I spend the majority of the time at the walk. Because horses getting correct there, if they can get correct there, it's going to improve with the trot and the canter. But if it's not good at the walk, it's going to magnify all the issues at the trot and the canter exactly. that you're not pleased about. Exactly. Very good point for our, our listeners and viewers is make sure you get everything right at, well, make sure you get everything right on the ground first because mm-hmm. that's really important. And then when everything's right on the ground, then you can get into the, into the, in, sa- in the saddle and walk. You're right. Yeah. Until everything is right. It's getting them in balance at the walk. Mm-hmm. So what would be the biggest thing that Buck gave you to take with you? Oh, of course. Uh, it'll have to be a short <laughs> answer. Well, perfect timing because then we'll um, – the, being thorough, having a curriculum and being thorough. The horse has to be able to learn, and we have to be able to make him a winner, right? Too much of the time we're maybe unsure about the curriculum, and we're inadvertently making the horse a loser. Don't mean to. But the horse can't figure it out. So, you know, the horse needs to be able to go to sleep at night being like, I got this. Mm-hmm. And there's not a concern about, I'm not for sure what to do tomorrow when I get, you know, out of the paddock or the stall. Being but thorough. Being thorough, you know, Spot because on. it's easy to take it for granted. Nathan, I forgot. We're, we're out of time. Hey. We've got a bag full of goodies for you. We were talking so much. And even lip chip cap and these things are amazing. And All right. We have to close it out with Nathan, but we're going to have him back for sure. Yeah. Or maybe go visit him at the farm because yep. that was awesome. And Nathan then uh, just one announcement that we are going to have Mr. Buck Branneman, January yes. 12th, 13th, and 14th, 2024. Yeah, that's so. going to be awesome. So make sure you get signed up to see Buck because that's going to be an awesome time. we got to close it out. Be back in the next segment with Neil from Ocala Dog Ranch. Stay with us. Thank you to the presenting sponsor of this portion of the Horse Talk Show, Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to our TV broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Nirvana Medical Spa, TT Distributors, Summit Joint Performance, Equigreen, Midnight Rose Equestrian, the Florida Horse Park, Horse Farms Forever, and the Equine Performance and Innovative Center. Having an air conditioner that works well in Florida is a must. 
Experience peace of mind by working with Florida HVAC Services, a family-owned and operated company taking pride in always putting their customers first. Providing air conditioner repair, installation and maintenance services on all makes and models. For those suffering from allergies or asthma, air quality testing is recommended and hospital-grade air filters are available. Ask about a pure air filtration system today. Check them out at flhvacservices.com or like them on Facebook. Florida HVAC Services, serving all of North Central Florida with honesty, integrity, and the highest value of workmanship. And that's 100% guaranteed. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Join us July 22nd from 10 to 3 p.m. for the Equine Extravaganza at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion Ocala. Brought to you by West Florida Fence and the Horse Talk Show. Fundraising for Spirit Equine Therapy and Open Hands Animal Rescue. Enjoy a fantastic breed show from miniature horses to Clydesdales. With jumping and dressage demos, you can also watch barrel racing, dog training, mounted shooting, and enjoy food vendors and crafts for kids, plus a silent auction. Check the Equine Extravaganza fundraiser event on Facebook, and we'll see you on July 22nd from 10 to 3 p.m. at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion for the best in horsing around in the horse capital. My name is Dr. Natalie Solomon. I formulated Equigreen with cutting-edge science and technology alongside the passion that is represented by a lifelong love of horses. I created a product that I would trust for my horses because they deserve nothing but the best for their bodies. Horses rely on us to take care of them, to love them, to respect them. This is how Equigreen came to life. Equigreen, CBD for your horse that you can trust. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our television broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton here in the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala with dancing Pete Roder from Complimentary Horsemanship. And we've got a Brit in the studio. <laughs> Her second favorite <laughs> male Brit. Brit. <laughs> got a lot to live it up to. It is my dad's birthday, mm-hmm. I know. I know. Happy uh, birthday, Dad. That's right. Mm-hmm. Neil Hennessy is with us from Ocala Dog Ranch. Everybody who, pretty much everybody that owns a horse owns a dog, don't they? 
A lot of people do. So a lot of barn dogs around anyway, for sure. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have a couple of wonderful rescue dogs who have stayed at Ocala Dog Ranch and they love it there. They'll be there next week while I'm in Ireland uh, visiting with Uncle Neil. And it is home away from home for my dogs. They are more excited, I think, going there than they are seeing me when I get back. I think we need to change it to Uncle Neil's tip of the week. Yeah, there you go. Uncle Neil's oh, tip of the Thanks. week. But we are going to talk about something that I realized I know very little about. I have been out there with Isaac a couple of times and seen the competitions that go on at Ocala Dog Ranch in the pool. But I don't really know what's happening. So I asked Neil to tell us about this. Well, there's um, dog diving uh, has been around since 1997. <laughs> Dog. Hunters <laughs> challenging each other to have their dog jump off a dock and, you know, a couple of beers and bragging rice. And then it uh, became the sport that we all love and, and play on a regular basis. You should um, wonder how many sports started like that. Yeah. Hold <laughs> um, my beer. Yeah. <laughs> And so 1997, the first one was in the Purina Farms. Um, and then from there sprung, there's like five or six organizations. Um, and we compete uh, pretty much all the time in, in Florida because the weather's nice. Uh, up north, they have short seasons, but they compete and people travel. It's a crazy dog sport that people will go on the road and go to different docks just to the, so they can see and they uh, get uh, titles and ribbons and bragging rights and everything and we become a community we all know each other f through Facebook it's nice to meet people that we're Facebook friends with and it's a really good sport and the fact that you can be as competitive or as laid back as you like to be you're only so competing you can come for fun if you want yep. or you can come because you want to win yep I mean you're, you're basically competing against yourself okay so what's the rules the rules well um, you've got to have there's a dog there's three you've got to have a dog, a dog. A dog that likes <laughs> to jump or not likes to jump but uh, no there's three there's three disciplines there's a, the, the distance jump then there's uh, a re uh, re speed retrieve part of the game, and there's an aerial retrieve, or and, and our organization calls them Horizon for distance, Eclipse for going to get a bumper out of a rig, and Velocity for speed. And basically, you get like two jumps and uh, in uh, Horizon, which is the distance, and your best jump is scored. Uh, in the Eclipse, you have a toy suspended on a rig, and you 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 can compete until your dog doesn't get the bumper anymore. So you start at like ten feet, gets the bumper, move it to eleven, move it to twelve, to thirteen, two misses in a row. So that's distance from the dock. From the dock. Okay. Yeah, we've got some dogs actually jumping. I think one Isaac's got. Yeah, look yeah, at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the speed it's it's a jumping from the um, dock swim into a toy at 35 feet and when you get there that's when the the time stops um and would sink <laughs> we have um the the biggest jumpers are typically border collie whippet mixes and they're up around 35 36 feet and that's where the base of the tail enters the water 
Okay. Not the chest. It's the, it's the rear end. D- just like long jump in humans. Yeah. When you, when you fall back, that's where you get your, right. your measurement. Yeah, and that's it really I mean it's a cool sport it's good exercise for the dog uh, everybody can do it I mean you, you don't have to be an athlete with your dog to compete it's not like agility where you're expected to run around with your dog you stand on the dock you throw a toy your dog jumps and so all you gotta do is be able to throw a toy throw a toy <laughs> is yeah. there you, you mentioned a couple of breeds is there a breed that's absolutely the best at it? it well we're now breeding dogs between breeds to get the performance dogs that we want Typically, this sport started off with wine rammers, uh, Labradors, Golden Retrievers, your water dogs. But now, um, like any of the dog sports, we're going into performance breeds where we're mixing mixed breeds to get the dog that we want to compete with in the sport. So now they're having uh, Malinois Whippet dogs that are doing really, really good. Uh, border whippets border jacks i mean it's you mix a little bit of each dog you want to get the skills from that breed to get the breed that you want um and because we're not a breed uh sport they don't have to be pure breeds to compete oh wow that's nice so you have your good old mutt you can have a good old rescue your hind's 57 your hind's 57 can compete that's uh, nice. And that's cool. A lot of, and a lot of, like, like I said, a lot of our um, big jumpers are, you know, mixes. They're, you know, the whippets, border collies, you know, Malinois whippets. They call them uh, whippersnappers. Whippersnappers. Uh, yeah, I've got a buddy that I guarantee his dog would beat everybody's dog. He's a border collie cross, Nate Bowers. Oh yeah. His dog can jump in a semi truck through the window. Oh yeah. Man, yeah. Get him out there. Yeah. Get him out there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's and that's really all. That, uh, uh, I like it because it's like your hippie sport. Everybody comes. They have a good time. Everybody talks to each other because there's no competition. You're not trying to beat anybody. You're just trying to improve your dog. Do people come out and watch? Oh, yeah. People can oh, come out and watch. People can come out for a color dog like, ranch. You're supposed to improve yourself yeah. when you do dressage. So I compete against It's everybody. not like you know a confirmation where you know your dog gets picked because he looks better than somebody else and you're upset because you know your dog looks better than that one. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just fun. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's a good, it's a good at two days. We do two day competitions, right there. Right. Yeah, you know, we try to have vendors. We have food trucks. You know, we have you know a little a bit of music. It's a fun day out. I mean, we want kids to come out and play with their dogs. We're trying to pr- get the sport to encourage younger people, Very because good. we're all getting older. And once the old folk stop going, then does the sport die? Right. So Cala Dog Ranch, you got to come out and yeah, watch. Please, they have please regular, regular events out there on Highway 40. If you're familiar with where Live Oak International event happens, it's just across the street. And they also have an amazing boarding facility where they take excellent care of your uh, dogs while you're away. If you're going on holiday this summer and you need a place to stay, you can't beat the care and uh, everything that they do there is well done. So, but if you have a dog, does it take a long time to train a dog to do this? Not really. No. Not really. And not if, and not like agility or fly ball or disc. I mean, if the dog likes to swim and they like to retrieve things, we could probably have them jumping off the dock in a day. Not good, but uh, you know, you just improve that. Half of it is you as well as the handler. You've got to learn um, how to throw the toy correctly so the jog- dog will jump further. And like I said, you either compete because you want a day out with your dog, or you get serious. You rent the pool. You start measuring the strides of the dock. You know, you videotape oh, wow. it. You look at it and you see where your dog left. If the dog left three feet from the dock, you put down a piece of PVC pipe to encourage the dog to jump past the pipe to jump this into. This is just like I was just. 
to say. We were talking at the break about how it's just like uh, horses and dogs. It's like, yep, you've got those people too. Yep, yep. So, I mean, and it's, and like I said, it's it's a friendly atmosphere. Yay. It's a good fun. Neil, Neil a fun. is a good sport. And you'll come out and see him with his cowboy hat on. You'll enjoy it at Ocala Dog Ranch. Neil, we love you. Thank you very much. Yes. Check out Ocala Dog Ranch. We'll be back with the last segment on the show. Stay with us. Thank you to the presenting sponsor of this portion of the Horse Talk Show, Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to our TV broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Nirvana Medical Spa, TT Distributors, Summit Joint Performance, Equigreen, Midnight Rose Equestrian, the Florida Horse Park, Horse Farms Forever, and the Equine Performance and Innovative Center. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. The Equine Performance and Innovative Center, situated on 30 pristine acres in the horse capital of the world, is one of the finest and most complete conditioning and rehab centers for equines and canines in the nation, including an equine hyperbaric chamber, aqua pacer, water treadmill, cold water leg spa, equine swimming pool, Eurosizer, and more. Epic equine veterinarians specializing in rehab and conditioning. For more information, go to epcrehab.com or find them on social media. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the final segment for this week of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our television broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louise Barton here in the studio with Dancing Pete Roder. And uh, we're going to wrap it up this week with some... Are you ready for it? The horse. The horsemanship tip of the week. Dancing Pete, tip of the week, brought to you by Complimentary Horsemanship. You danced like that? Yeah, I remember when I used to dance like that, too. <laughs> I remember when Thanks. you used to dance like that. So today's tip of the week is give the horse the timeline. So, so many times we get a horse and we think, okay, I've got, I'm going to give the trainer or give myself two months, and then I'll be doing A, B, C, and D. And the horse has a different thought about it. And then we force the horse. And then before we know it, we're having more trouble. Then we're going to have to call Nathan to come out and fix all this. And probably the first thing he's going to say is, we need to slow down and 
get the horse to understand this before you can really do those things. So give the horse the timeline. Yes, this is the um, you have the A, B, C, D, and the horse doesn't know the alphabet yet. That's right. And so you've got to wait for the signs when you're going if you're going through a program if you have a program that you chose and you like if you're going through a program and you're going through certain stages of or steps that you've got to make sure that you've had success in that first stage before you get and that timeline might not be two months or three months and watching some of these professionals like buck you know so many times i get people well buck does it in this timeline i'm like well when you get his feel and his timing and his experience and his sequencing you could probably do it that quick too right (laughs) and that isn't don't you think a big part of that is is if you're not familiar with the signs that you're having success you might miss something and obviously somebody like Buck that's been doing it for so long doesn't miss those right those signs you might not know I always say you're juggling balls so I'm juggling all these different thoughts well Buck's probably has a cylinder of 10 balls in each three cylinders he's juggling and so that horse just barely gets it, and he goes, I'm going to release on that. And before you know it, he's doing it better than your horse that you've been doing it for two years with because he knew when to release at that moment. So, yeah, it takes experience. There's no shortcuts, and I'm sure Nathan would agree to that. You have to put the time in. And sometimes I always tell people, the people that have done what Nathan's done, I've done with Pat Pirelli, it pays off in the long run. Those long hours, you learn what it is to be a horseman and learn to see those horses and do things quicker. But sometimes I tell people, I don't want to do it quicker. I want to slow it down so that the horse is solid for when you do it. Right. So we're because helping if the horse. You're, yeah, well, if you're passing the horse on to someone with less experience, you want to make sure that it's polished. And Nathan's got the advantage. He hands it to Aaron, which is great. But I guarantee you, Aaron's going, wow, this is way better than what I'm used to riding. Right. So. Yeah, it makes, a, it makes a huge difference, I think, being able to give. Well, for somebody that is competing at that level, at that kind of top Grand Prix level, having somebody that you can give a new horse to so you can carry on working on your horses that you're you're competing on already. You get a new horse in and you know that somebody else has kind of gone through all that right. because you never know. There's no way that you can know who necessarily started that horse unless you have a relationship where you always buy from the same person but that's not the case with and somebody case. else must mishandle them right on the transport you don't know what bad habits maybe having all that over. right exactly and that kind of spins me off into a topic that i definitely want to talk about a lot more in the future but we we have a few minutes left so is horse behavior you know there's a lot of people that don't realize that horses have a uh, a way of reacting and acting and behaving that's relative to the animal that they are and right. we talked a little bit about you know predator and and prey they in the wild were a prey animal uh they're domesticated so they generally it shouldn't be anything preying on them but we can easily become that predator to the horse if we don't definitely if we don't do things the right way and one of the interesting things about horses is there's a lot of signs that of how they feel and how they're reacting to what you're doing with them. And I think that's a a good topic. Yes, ma'am. Tell us about horse behavior. Tell us about horse behavior. Mm -hmm. Well, the biggest thing I think 
for me is learning horse behavior is watching and observing. So I have a buddy that was at SeaWorld, minimum 2,000 hours of observation. So like Nathan was telling us when he was watching Buck for hours and hours and hours, that taught him a lot of, mm-hmm. oh, that horse looked like this before this happened and now I can see it. So the, the behavior of the horse first comes on observation because their body language is how they communicate with each other. And so, and, and horse behavior is also touch. I always tell people, if I say lift your left and I don't touch your left arm or your left leg, you have no clue. So I left out the last word in it. Horses touch each other. That's mm-hmm. how they learn. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, you touched my shoulder. I need to move it over here. You touched mm-hmm. my nose. I need to go over here or I need to stop or I don't need to get in your bubble. So that's one of the big things that people don't understand in horse behavior is they're not going, okay, come on, don't get over there. They'll go over there and bite and they'll kick and do all those kind of things. And we have to interact like that sometimes the same way. And especially if you get a horse that everybody's been going, come on, I really want you to go. Then you have to, might have to get a little bigger than what you want to. But if he understands it, and I get a lot of horses that are having behavior problems, and it's because mom doesn't want to touch them. And then I finally get him to touch and the horse blows out and licks and chews. And she's like, why does he do that? I said, because he's going, oh, you're clear. Thank you. And if he had another gelding with him, you'd see him jumping in the air, biting and kicking and having a good old time. It's like I was in college. I was play fighting with a buddy of mine. He had a brother. I had a sister. He popped me one. I was like, whoa, that's not playing. And he goes, that's how me and my brother play. And that's what we have to understand. They don't play the same way that we think play is. You know, I think that's one of the reasons I like the name of Aaron Vale's farm. What is that? Thinks like a horse. Thinks like a horse. There you go. You've got to think like a horse. Yes, ma'am. You really do. And if you think about it, horse behavior and human behavior, when I study this, you know, what do horses do? They bite at each other's necks to turn, right? What do we do when we fight? I'm going to try to punch you in the face and turn your face that way and take you to the ground. Horses do the same thing. And we're bubble-oriented. Horses are bubble-oriented. You know, and if somebody goes, oh, no, we're, we're treat-oriented, and I get nose-to-nose with them. Tick Maynard said that one day, and I go, I'm going to get nose-to-nose with Tick and talk to him for about five minutes. I guarantee you he's going to be space-oriented. <laughs> he's going to be like, get out of my space. Oh, you're too close. Yeah, and that's what I teach a lot is space, get, gaining that space. And I watch horses. Once you establish that bubble that's consistent, those horses, they go over there and go, oh, you're looking out for danger, I bet, because you can look out for your space. So that's an important thing is space. Everybody has a bubble. really is, yeah. And you really have to, just because they're domesticated in our lives, doesn't mean they don't have those instincts that they had when they were in the herd, which is right. Which is self-preservation, however that may well, be. I always tell people the four things that horses do when they're scared that begin with F, fight, flight, freeze and faint and somebody goes you you've seen a horse faint i said oh yeah we were doing some cattle and i we walked into the water to cool our horses off and the horse flopped to the ground and went under the water and i looked at the cow boss and i was like he goes oh he'll come up five minutes later he's like pull him up pull him up he was out he fainted oh yeah he fainted i had to pull him up before he drowned oh my gosh yeah yeah so watch your horse's (laughs) behavior uh, and and be aware, you know, the, of the of how they feel, and yes, that's ma'am. how you. It's really going to help you in your success, and then go slowly through the steps. So, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week. If you're in Ocala, 
Marion County, the horse capital of the world, or, or not. not. <laughs> Happy horsing around until next time. See you next time.